0: Praise the Lord. Well, let's get started here. Uh, I want to start here at uh, uh, Numbers chapter 16. Now, if you'll remember, we left off last Sunday. Uh, we left off uh, with uh, chapter 15. And remember what was going on in 14 and 15? They had just got to the promised land. Okay. And when they got to the promised land, they go, no, we can't take it, you know, there's giants in there and all this kind of stuff. So they, uh, obviously, they, we know the story here, they wound up, can't go in. So God told them, okay, you got to head back to the Red Sea, and so they're going to wander around for 40 years here. But anyway, this time frame goes by real quick here. But anyway, uh, let's pick it up here in... Uh, Chapter 16. Like <clears throat> well, I said, we covered 15 last week, but anyway. Chapter 16. One day Korah, son of Ishar, grandson of Kohath, and a descendant of Levi. Now let's hold it just a second here. Why we got the details? Because <laughs> this happened. You know, it's amazing, you know. Uh, you know, the Passover, we know what the Passover is. You know, for us to go back and say, well, none of this happened, well then for crying out loud, we're gonna say there was no Passover? Remember what the Passover was? That was a, It was a yearly celebration of when God got them out of Egypt. The death angel killed all the firstborn. I mean, I guess it never happened. Oh, it did happen, too. <laughs> you know, that's how you have to deal with your unbelief. You can't sit here and say the Bible's mythological and, you know, some idiot just wrote these things down. No, it was, some idiot didn't write these things down. this That's why this is all such great history here. Son of Ishar, uh, number 16, verse 1 says, grandson of Kohath, and a descendant of Levi. Well, Levi's one of the 12 tribes of Israel, praise the Lord. Okay. Conspired with Dathan, Abiram, the sons of Eliab. Now we got their genealogy. Wow. And On, that was his name, O-N, the son of Peleth. All three from the tribe of Reuben. Well, there you go. Okay. To incite a rebellion against Moses, 250 popular leaders, all members of the assembly, were involved. Now, wow, we got these four or five fellows, then we've got 250 <clears throat> uh, other people, and. They're popular leaders. Wow. Now, remember, the size of this group is about the size of Atlanta. It's not just two or three people, you know, whatever. It was, like I say, it was a mass exodus. Okay. All right. Verse 3. They went to uh, Moses and Aaron and said, we have had enough of your presumption. You are no better than uh, anyone else. Everyone in Israel has has been chosen of the Lord, and he's with all of us. What right do you have to put yourself forward, claiming that we must obey you, and acting as though you were greater than anyone else among all the people of the Lord? When Moses heard what they were saying, he fell face downward to the ground. (laughs) I'm telling you, because he knew. He said, oh, no, you know. I mean, because remember what what was going on here? I mean, the Lord spoke uh, back when they said, well, we can't go into promised land. Oh, my gosh, you know. Wow. Anyway, here they go again. So, anyway. Uh, Then he uh, said to Korah and to those who were with him, In the morning the Lord will show you who are his, and who is holy, and whom he has chosen as his priest. Do this, you Korah, and all those with you. Take censers tomorrow and light them. Put incense upon them before the Lord, and we will find out whom the Lord has chosen. You are presumptuous ones. You are the presumptuous ones, you sons of Levi. Now, let me add here that the book of Jude, you know, right full Revelation is just a I mean, you could read it in about a minute and a half. That's the thing about the Bible. We need to do more reading of the Bible. And you just keep reading, you don't just read it once. I mean, how many times do you have a recipe that, uh, you know, you use? Do, do, I mean, maybe it's a quick recipe, maybe you know, but even then, if it's so quick, you recall it, you don't just go make it up again. It's not going to work out. You've got to think about that recipe and get all the ingredients in it. Well, nothing wrong with going back and reading it. There's so many different things, variations of this and that and whatever, and you got to follow the instructions. i tell you what, it's just, it's just you, you ought to suspect something going on when you realize, How little of the Bible you're actually reading. So, anyway, correct that and get as much Bible reading as you can. You know, praise the Lord. Okay. Alright, so anyway, in, but in the book of Jude, right before the book of Revelation, this this story of Korah is stated, praise the Lord. I mean, I mean, it's like, well, I guess it was a myth. It never happened. Oh, no. It happened. Alright, let's go back to this. Numbers chapter 16, verse uh, uh, 6. Here we go. And uh, Do this, you Korah, and all those with you. Take censers tomorrow, light them, put incense upon them before the Lord, and we'll find out whom the Lord has chosen. You are the presumptuous ones, you sons of Levi. Then Moses Spoke again to Korah. Does it seem a small thing to you that the God of Israel has chosen you from among all the people of Israel to be near him to himself as you work in the tabernacle of Jehovah and to stand before the people to minister to them? Is it nothing to you that he has given you this task to only to you, Levites? And now you are demanding the priesthood also? That's what you're really after. That's why you're revolting against Jehovah. And what has Aaron done that you are dissatisfied with him? Then Moses summoned Dathan and Abiram, we'll just call them Dan and Abe here, the sons of Eliab, but they refused to come. Now, notice what he was saying here, but he says, you know, you guys, y'all think it a small thing? That y'all are the the Levites and you're going to minister for the people and all this kind of stuff? Remember where the Levites were? They were camped in a complete circle around the tabernacle. And why? The book of Numbers tells in the first chapter. It was to protect the people from the wrath of God. Wow. Anyway, verse 13. It is a small thing they mimicked that you brought us out of lovely Egypt to kill us here in this terrible wilderness and now you want to make yourself our king. I mean, you see how backward this is? I mean, mercy. They're sitting there going, well, you took us out of Egypt to kill us. I mean, uh, uh, excuse me, wasn't Pharaoh killing you? All the burdens and whipping everybody and, and making them work hard and having all the baby boys thrown into the Nile River? Oh, yeah, we ought to go back to Egypt. Are you kidding? Good grief. But anyway. What's more, you haven't brought us into the wonderful country you promised, nor given us fields and vineyards. Whom are you trying to fool? We refuse to come. Oh, brother, they had the beautiful fields in front of them just a day or two ago, and they they said, we can't go in there. Good grief. Anyway, now, look what happened here, verse 15. I tell you, Moses is just like us. You know, look what he did. And Moses was very angry oh my gosh, yeah, and he said to the Lord, don't accept their sacrifices, I have never stolen so much as a donkey from them, and have not hurt one of them, <laughs> look what Moses said, Moses said, go get him. go after him. I'm tired of this, <laughs> anyway, and Moses said to Korah, come here tomorrow before the Lord and all, with, with all your friends, Aaron will be here too, be sure to bring your censers and the incense on them, and a censer for each man, 250 in all, and Aaron will be here with his. So they did. They came with their censers, and they lit them and placed the incense on them and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle with Moses and Aaron. Wow. Okay. Meanwhile, Korah had stirred up the entire nation against Moses and Aaron. Oh, my goodness. Now, all of Atlanta has turned on Moses and Aaron. Uh Uh-oh. And they all assembled to watch. Well, see, they were assembling. They thought, you know, that Moses and Aaron were going to get killed. this is an interesting point here. Why is this relevant to you and I today? Well, the Bible's always relevant. You're standing with Moses and Aaron. (laughs) Notice what happens here, man. Boy, then the glory of Jehovah appeared to all the people. And Jehovah said to Moses and Aaron, Get away from these people so that I may instantly destroy them. Praise the Lord. You know, God before you, who can be against you? That's not if he's for you. You know he is. He's on your side. David said, The Lord's on my side. Whom shall I fear? Praise the Lord. Okay, Psalm 27 we get in verse 22 here in uh, Numbers chapter 16. But Moses and Aaron fell down faceward to the ground before the Lord. Oh God, the God of all mankind, they pleaded, must you be angry with all the people when one man sins? Now remember what the Lord said. He said, stand back, I'm going to get rid of all of them. <laughs> I'm going to get rid of all of them. And the Lord said to Moses, then tell the people to get away from the tents of Korah and Dathan and Abiram. So Moses rushed over to the tents of Dathan and Abiram, followed closely by the 250 Israeli leaders. You know, those guys were probably like, yeah, we're going to see what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quick, he told the people, get away from the tents of these wicked men and don't touch anything that belongs to them, lest you be included in their sins and be destroyed with them. Wow. Mm Mm-mm. So all the people stood back from the tents of Korah and Dathan and Abiram. And Dathan and Abiram came and stood out at the entrance of their tents with their wives and sons and little ones. Wow. Wow. And Moses said, by this you shall know, Jehovah has sent me to do all these things that I have done. For I have not done them on my own. Yes, that's so interesting to to know this. Moses wasn't sitting there going, well, you know, I just kind of thought of these things. I'm such a hot rod prophet or whatever. No. Everything he was doing, the Lord said do. Wow, he didn't do anything on his own. So anyway, he says, if these men die a natural death or from some ordinary accident or disease, then Jehovah has not sent me. But if the Lord does a miracle and the ground opens up and swallows them and everything that belongs to them and they go down alive into Sheol, then you will know that these men have despised the Lord. Oh, He had hardly finished speaking the words when the ground suddenly split open beneath them and a great fissure swallowed them up along with their tents and families and friends who were standing with them and everything they owned. <sighs> so they went down alive into Sheol and the earth closed up upon them and they perished. All the people of Israel fled at their screams, fearing that the earth would swallow them too. Then fire came forth from Jehovah and burned up the 250 men who were offering incense. Now remember, Aaron lost his two sons. They were offering incense that wasn't what the Lord said use, and they both were just flamed up and charcoaled. See, you've got to understand that we have no approach to God. I don't care how good you think you are. You've got to have a high priest. And I'm not talking about the Catholic Church. I'm talking about Jesus. Jesus is your priest today. The book of Hebrews says we can come boldly to the throne right now because Jesus made a, uh, he paid the price for us. Wow. Anyway, boy, back here, back then, wow. Gee, look what was going on. See, in these guys, the Levites were set aside to do the work of the Lord. But Aaron and his sons were the only ones that were supposed to be doing the high priestly duties. Praise the Lord. Anyway, um, <clears throat> so, you know, it's interesting. He eh? it says, Well, the ground opened up and swallowed them. Oh, my gosh. You don't really believe that, do you, Richard? Oh, yeah, I do, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our, OK, well, then what, what are we not going to believe? OK, when they crossed the Red Sea and Pharaoh was chasing them, that that never happened, the walls of water were never up there. We will you know, back up even further and say, Well, there really was no plagues. You know, Pharaoh just gave them up. Oh, really? Oh, really? Pharaoh would just let all these people out? Oh, right here. Well, truthfully, you uh, know, they were not really in Egypt. You know, that's just a mythological story and whatever. Oh, so the stuff about uh, the stories about Abraham were not true. Hmm. <laughs> So Sodom and Gomorrah, that was just mythological. You know, the fire came down and destroyed those two cities. That was just, that was not really there. And backing up even further then, of course, uh, and of course all those blessings of Abraham, those were fake too. I mean, he just, you work hard, you make it. You know, no, I don't think so. (laughs) Working hard is good, but God was blessing the socks off of Abraham. And remember, he couldn't have a child, so I guess that was mythological too. You know, I mean, after all, he just had another woman, and that just gave him a child because there's no such thing as God. I mean, come on, where's our unbelief going to end here? And back it up even further in the book of Genesis, well, then there was no flood. There was no Noah. That's just a myth. Oh, really? And so that explains why there's seashells on top of every highest mountain in the world right now. I mean, and that's the reason the whole earth is covered with limestone. I mean, yeah, that's something that was put in there by a flood, you know. Oh, brother. And then, of course, back it on up even. And God really didn't create the heavens and the earth in six days. That's just a myth. That's just, oh, brother, come on. So you trying to tell me that the Earth didn't open up and swallow these guys. I mean come on, this was an easy one. I mean, oh no no, no, no. Okay, so anyway, back to numbers chapter 16. Verse 36 and the Lord said to Moses, "Tell Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, to pull those censers from the fire, for they are holy, dedicated to the Lord. He must also scatter the burning incense." From the censers of these, men's, these men who have sinned at the cost of their lives. He shall then beat the metal into a sheet, into a covering for the altar. For they, these censers are holy because they were used before the Lord. And the altar sheet shall be a reminder to the people of Israel. Wow, so when this thing happened, all these guys got charred just like Aaron's two sons died that day. Remember, Moses was hot about that. They were supposed to do it a certain way, and they said, we can do it whatever way we want to. No, Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No man comes into the Father but by me. That was the purpose of all this stuff. People had no approach to God. It It was, like, incredible. But now, through the priest setup that Moses had gotten from the Lord, they had access to the Lord. But you had to go through Aaron the priest, and the Lord would bless your socks off. But these guys, the sons of Korah, had, had it up to here. They go, hey, we, Moses is no better than we are. We can do what we want to, and by golly, we're going to go back to Egypt. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, anyway so anyway uh, verse 39 so Eliezer the priest took the 250 bronze censers and beat them into a sheet of metal to cover the altar to be a reminder to the people of Israel that no unauthorized person no one who is not a descendant of Aaron may come before the Lord to burn incense lest the same thing happen to him as happened to Korah and his associates thus the Lord uh, thus the Lord's direction to Moses was carried out but the very next morning oh my goodness what's going on here yeah look at this they began muttering against Moses and Aaron, saying, You have killed the Lord's people. Soon a great sullen mob formed. Can you believe this the very next day? Now you gotta remember, fake news here, buddy. I mean all of Atlanta, you know, wow. Easy to get swayed. Suddenly, as they were as they looked toward the tabernacle, the cloud appeared, and the awesome glory of the Lord was seen. Now remember this was going on daily. They had a pillar of fire by night, and they had a cloud by day. Oh, my goodness. But here we go. Moses and Aaron came and stood at the entrance of the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, get away from these people so that I can instantly destroy them. (laughs) Boy, this is twice in one chapter. He's like, just get out of the way. We're going to knock them all out here. My goodness. Now, remember, these guys are just wanting to kill Moses and Aaron anyway. The whole place was. You know, sometimes we don't read these stories and we go, you know, God was just mean. Boy, he was just mean. Oh, he's mean, huh? Really? Really? He's cared for them like a father cares for a child all the way to the promised land. And then they go, well, no, Daddy. I can't go in there. I know, Daddy, you're an engineer. And I know, Daddy, that you brought me and you raised me. But, Daddy, listen, I'm the kid and I know better. Oh, really? You know better? Your daddy would lead you somewhere and have you killed? Are you kidding? See, that's what they were saying. They said, well, you brought us out here to kill us. Get away from these people so that I can instantly destroy them. But Moses and Aaron fell downward to the earth before the Lord. And Moses said to Aaron, Quick, take a censer and place fire in it upon the altar, lay incense on it, and carry it quickly among the people, and make atonement for them. For the anger for God's anger has already gone out among them, and the plague has already begun. Now whoa, look what's going on here. Remember Aaron's a high priest. Moses said, put that uh, censer in there, light it, and tear out running through all these people. Aaron did as Moses had told him, and he ran among the people for the plague had already indeed begun. And he put on the incense and made atonement for them. And he stood between the living and the dead, and the plague was stopped. But not before 14,700 people had uh, died, in addition to those who died the previous day see with Korah then Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance of the tabernacle and so the plague was stopped wow now remember, chapter one said the Levites were separating. Uh, uh, they were in. They were the gap between the wrath of God and the people. That's the reason their tents were camped in a complete circle or whatever around the ark. I mean, well, around the ark of the covenant, but around the the tabernacle. Remember that tabernacle was a mobile uh, structure, tent-like structure, had a fence around it, whatever, and a holies area and a holies of holies, and, and but it was movable. That's because they were going to the promised land. But these people are. Praise the Lord. So you can see here, look what happened here. Aaron did as Moses uh, had told him to, verse 47, and ran among the people, for the plague had indeed already begun. And he put put on the incense and made atonement for them. And he stood between the living and the dead, and the plague was stopped, but not before 14,700 people had died, in addition to those who died the previous day with Korah. Um, Then Aaron returned to Moses at the entrance of the tabernacle and so the plague was stopped. Now think about this too right here. I mean, we're the good guys here. We're, We're standing with Moses and Aaron here, okay? And if you think about what took place here, do you think Jesus is doing anything for us today? Yeah, he's standing before God Almighty. He's our high priest. Remember, it says, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Praise the Lord. Jesus is our high priest. So guess what he's doing? I mean, praise the Lord. He's, <laughs> he's doing all that's necessary to make sure the plague has been stopped. You know, no wonder Jesus said, You will lay hands on sick and they shall recover. Praise the Lord. Mm. Anyway. My goodness, what a lot of fantastic things going on here! Okay, Numbers chapter sixteen—that was the end of that—goes right into chapter seventeen. You don't—you don't just pick up reading here. I'm going to read this next year. I hope I get a blessing out of it. No, verse seven, chapter seventeen, verse one starts with then. I mean, how many English teachers taught you never start a start a sentence with then? I mean, come on. Then, right then at that very moment when the plague was stopped, okay, the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel that each of their tribal chiefs is to bring you a wooden rod with his name inscribed upon it. Now, if you've been reading your Bible, you remember what's fixed to happen here. This is the story about Aaron's rod that budded. Budded. No, it didn't butt heads, it budded. It started blooming. Well, yeah, it's connected to a tree. No, it's not connected to a tree. He had it in his hand. It was a dead stick. But this dead stick is going to do something wild here. Praise the Lord. Of course, hey, we're talking God here. And you remember in the book of Exodus when God said that, uh, oh, what stories you can tell your children and your grandchildren. That is uh, Exodus chapter 10 when he was trying to tell Moses that uh, what all he was going to do to Pharaoh. I mean, but it's like, oh, no, 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 we can't tell these stories because they're myths, they're legends. Oh, really? Oh, my goodness. I tell you what, the more you spend reading the Bible yourself and telling yourself these stories, you watch what happens to you personally in your life. Turn off the channel that says it's fake news, it's unbelief, and it's, uh, it's none of this ever happened. You're, you're kidding yourself if you believe that. Take this, I mean, oh, we might as well say Jesus lied if we're not going to believe this. Jesus cites these stories. You know, there's a chapter coming up here, and it's about these serpents that bit the people. Of course, that was because, I mean, man, that was still mercy. Because, I mean, they were like, we want to go back to Egypt. Oh, brother. Here comes these fiery serpents out. And remember what happened? Uh, they were all getting killed, and Moses went to the Lord about it. And the Lord said, Take a, make a bronze serpent and hold it on a pole, and everybody that looks at it will be healed. What? Well, now wait a minute before you say what. Jesus said this to Nicodemus that night. It's the verse right before John three sixteen. God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. He gave uh, <laughs> that whoever believes in him should not perish. Verse 15 says, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up. The cross. I mean, come on. It's all unbelievable. But it's true. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Okay, anyway, so here we go. So chapter 17, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel that all their tribal chiefs are to bring you a wooden rod with his name inscribed upon it. Aaron's name is to be on the rod of the tribe of Levi. Now, before we go any further here, remember, this is still active subject what's been going on the people are like revolting we can't take it we want to go back to Egypt so okay here we go watch what this is about put the rods in the inner room of the tabernacle where I meet with you okay well remember Moses had free access to go in there it's like incredible that he could go in there Aaron could only go in there once a year Moses could go in there anytime he wanted to now, that did not mean Moses was a type of Jesus. No, Moses was a type of you and I today. We can come boldly to the throne of God. Praise the Lord. Okay, anyway, let's keep going. Uh, put these rods in the inner room in the tabernacle where I will meet with you in front of the ark. The ark? Noah's ark? No, no, no. It was the ark of the covenant. It was a little small chest, you know, had had angels' wings stretching out across it. They were uh, made out of gold, you know. And anyway, inside that ark was, well, let's keep reading here. We'll find out. Okay. He said, put it in front of the ark, and I will use these rods to identify the man I have chosen, for buds will grow on his rod. Then at last, this murmuring and complaining against you will stop. Well, we hope so. (laughs) Actually, it didn't. But anyway, but you can tell the Lord's involved in here, too. Look at verse 6. So Moses gave the instructions to the people, and each of the twelve tribes, including Aaron, brought him a rod. He placed them, he put them before the Lord in the inner room of the tabernacle. And when he went in the next day, he found that Aaron's rod, representing the tribe of Levi, had budded and was blossoming and had ripe almonds hanging from it. Now, come on, this was a dead stick. No problem. Moses (laughs) Moses had a rod when he went before Pharaoh. He threw it down, and what happened? It became a snake. (laughs) He grabbed it by his tail and it became a rod again. Anyway. Remember, the Lord told Moses "Said you do that and they'll believe you. (laughs) All right, anyway, verse 9. When Moses brought them out to show the others, they stared in disbelief. Each man uh, except Aaron claimed his rod. The Lord told Moses to place Aaron's rod permanently beside the ark as a reminder of this rebellion. He was to bring it out and show it to the people again if there were any further complaints about Aaron's authority. This would ward off any further catastrophe to the people. Look at that. God doesn't want bad things happening to them. Now remember, we all are bearing the sin of Adam. It's because Adam fell. You know, it's not that God just had it with us. He just ticked off with us. Look, we, we look like sin. And so Aaron is a high priest, and he's hedging the... Anger of God, away from us, praise the Lord. And so do you see this? He said, you know, if we would just trust the Lord, it keeps this catastrophes from us. Anyway, so Moses did as the Lord commanded him. But the people only grumbled the more. <laughs> good grief. We're as good as dead, they whine. Everyone who ever comes to the tabernacle dies. Must we all perish? Oh, brother. Let's go to the book of Hebrews just before we stop. Uh, in the book of Hebrews... And I would go to chapter 9. You know, these are just myths. These are just people that were drunk wrote the Bible. No, they weren't drunk. Boy, they, they sure were dead, burned, accurate if uh, they were so drunk. Okay. Hebrews chapter 9, look at verse 1. Now, remember the book of Hebrews. Don't let it scare you. You could read this in about 35, 40 minutes. Chapters are so short. It's only 13 <laughs> chapters. They're so short. We talk ourselves out of reading the Bible, so we walk around with no knowledge. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know. And Jesus says the whole time, have you not read? Have you not read? Okay, verse chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9. Remember, it, this was a letter. It was a letter written to uh, <clears throat> the Hebrews, whatever, by one of the apostles sometime after Jesus was resurrected, gone up into heaven. One of these letters. Okay, it's the reason, it's right there. About seven or eight books from the end of the Bible. All right, Hebrews chapter nine. Now, in that first agreement between God and His people, there were rules for worship, and there was a sacred tent down here on earth. Okay, see, that's the tabernacle. Now, notice this: inside the place of worship, were two rooms. The first one, place—excuse uh, me—the first one contained the golden candlestick and a table with a special loaves of holy bread upon it. Okay, this part was called the holy place. Remember, that bread was called the bread of His presence. The bread of somebody who's not there—that's baloney. The Lord was there with His people. That's really, thats the whole purpose of what took place in the Old Testament. God wanted to be among the people, but there had to be certain things in place for Him to be there. That's what the word holy is. It's not like, "Well, I never took a drink." Uh, well, then how are you going to have a drink offering before the Lord? if You say, "I never took a drink," you know, whatever. Can't be no dancing. Can't be no love-making. I mean, come on. ain't going to be no people if we don't have any love-making. I mean, come on. God, all these stupid rules we put on ourselves that we think are in the Bible. You know, they're not in the Bible. Okay. All right, back to this. So anyway, there was in this the holy place. Okay, and then there was a curtain behind. The curtain was, and there was a curtain, and behind the curtain was a room called the holy of holies. In that room, there was now. Watch this. In that room, there were a golden incense altar and the golden chest. Now that's well. Here it says it called the ark of the covenant completely covered on all sides with pure gold inside the ark look at this were the tablets of stone with the ten commandments written on them in other words the pair that wasn't broken okay and a golden jar with some manna in it and Aaron's wooden cane that budded wow well boy we're in a pickle right here because see this stuff never happened Oh, yes, it did. <laughs> it sure did. Praise the Lord. Ah, let's go back to the book of Psalms. I want to touch this just a second. Go to Psalm 18. This was about 500 years after uh, <clears throat> Moses and them right here. Look at this. at Psalm 18, verse 1. Lord, how I love you, for you have done such tremendous things for me. Now compare that to, I want to go back to Egypt. I mean, I don't believe all this Lord stuff. I'm going back. Yeah, where it's safe. Where Pharaoh wants to kill you. Yeah, right. Where if you have a boy, he's going to be thrown into the Nile River. (sighs) Where you're going to be a slave. Oh, yeah, yeah, you want to go back to Egypt. Yeah, sure. Anyway, (laughs) Lord, how I love you, for you've done such tremendous things for me. The Lord is my fort where I can enter and be safe. No one can follow me in there and slay me. Now, whoa, 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 wait, where is David getting all this stuff from? Well, go read the story of David. Good grief. First thing he did was kill Goliath. That we have record. But before he killed Goliath that day, he told King Saul, Oh, man, I took care of a bear. I took care of a lion. Man. And he acted like he, a regular incident. <laughs> I mean, you're out there trying to do your best to raise these sheep, and then burn it, here comes a lion. Well, doggone it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill him. <laughs> yeah, well, that slingshot, yeah, buddy, why don't you have a 30-06? Well, there wasn't no such thing as a 30-06. David wasn't concerned. He went over and beat the poop out of that lion. Grabbed him by the beard is what he told <laughs> I mean, Yeah, you go grab a lion by the beard. Go see what happens. <sighs> Well, if you got the Lord on your side here and you're trusting the Lord to take care of you, you can sure will do it, praise the Lord, and you will. Notice he wrote this down for you and I. Do you notice this is in your Bible? Notice the I word. Let's start back in verse 1. Lord, how I love you. So that would be you and I today saying I love you. Well, how come I'm saying I love the Lord? Well, keep going. For you have done such tremendous things for me. Well, you just said it with your mouth. <laughs> yeah, but I ain't never seen him do nothing. Well, then you're acting like those that want to go back to Egypt. Stop that. Correct it. The Lord was trying to say don't do that. Act like I'm going to be with you. Watch what I do. Anyway, the Lord's my fort where I can enter and be safe. Huh? No one can follow me in and slay me. Now, he's not talking about going to heaven. He's talking about right now in this rotten world we live in. He is a rugged mountain where I can hide. He is my Savior, a rock where none can reach me, and a tower of safety. You know the word Jesus means Savior? But we put him in a box and said, that just means I can go to heaven when I die. Well, well, I don't know why we had so much details about Jesus' life, if that's all it was. I tell you what, people that didn't have their hand, one hand was not, was deformed, and one hand was good. Jesus would tell them to stand in the midst and say, hey, stretch forth your hand. And his other hand was restored whole as the other. Today, we just walk around, well, you know, God don't do that no more, you know. He wants me to learn to be nice. Be nice, huh? Oh, yeah, right. I guess Moses was being nice to Abinadab and whoever that Dathan was in that previous chapter when they said, you know, don't accept their sacrifices anymore. Anyway. Well, Moses was being real nice, wasn't he? No, he was put out with them. And the Lord was put out. And I tell you, the Lord's put out with us with our unbelief too. In the book of Hebrews chapter 4 says he swore that we're not going to enter in either if we have unbelief. We're not. I'll tell you. Okay, back to this. So he says... um, And uh, anyway, in in verse 2 says, he is my shield. He's like the horn, the strong horn of a mighty fighting bull. Can you imagine that? I don't want in that pen with that bull. Well, don't worry. That bull's on your side. All I need to do, look, we're going to stop right here. All I need to do is cry to him, oh, praise the Lord, and I am saved from my enemies. Now, you keep reading here, and it's a fantastic psalm, but it doesn't ever change. It doesn't ever change. It gets deeper and deeper and deeper. You just say, Lord, get me out of trouble. Get me out of trouble. And don't ask people if this is okay. Just ask the Lord for his help. Treat the Bible as though it's so. Anyway, Father, we thank you for your word today. We thank you, Lord. If we're not feeling good, you'll take care of that. Praise the Lord. And if, Lord, if uh, we're having trouble financially, you'll fix that too. How could that be a problem? Praise the Lord. Um, Father, if it's something we didn't even mention today, but it's just something that's on our heart, and we just know we're in trouble somehow, some way, Lord, we know you'll get us out of it, and we just thank you for it. So that doesn't leave anything left, but for us to go tell others what great things you've done for us. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.